What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to the episode one of Addicted Hunting Podcast. My name is Sean Keller, and we're going to have a fun little conversation tonight. We are. It's going to be We good. are. Cliff, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Cliff Salee, and then... Uh, and we have another guy over here. And it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> Marlon, Marlon the Fever. A few of you guys out there, guys and gals out there listening, might know me from the Addicted Fishing podcast or just the Addicted Fishing side of things. You might also know Sean from that because he's also helped with that a lot over the years of it growing. And so I'm sure you've seen him around helping with the fishing addict side of things. So the backstory, kind of really quick to get you guys kind of introduced to what's going on here with Addicted Hunting. As Sean said, this is episode number one of the Addicted Hunting Podcast, and we're excited. We're missing Jesse and Jacob. I know. What are they doing? They're partying tonight? What do they got going Yeah, on? Jacob's birthday is tonight, so I think they're hanging out with some family, but uh, we'll keep them in our thoughts. We'll keep them in They'll our thoughts. They'll be here next time. They'll be here in the next podcast, yeah. but either way, so let's kind of just go way back and go to when I very first started this whole fishing and, and hunting and kind of passion when I first started this whole thing, I actually got everything that was associated with hunting. When I thought about this, I, I purchased fishingaddicts.com, huntingaddicts.com. I, I had a website that was huntingandfishingaddicts.com, and the whole plan was to do both. But fishing kind of just controlled me so much, and I was so addicted to fishing that that kind of took over you know, the hunting side. And so it ended up just being this whole fishing addict thing. But all of us have still hunted over the years. Even though all of us have fished, all of us have still hunted just as much. And it's oh, yeah. been we're just as passionate day. about hunting as a we are. Huge fishing. passion. But so, so here's what's happened as we've all kind of gotten older. As we've all gotten older, a few of us have really, really gone down the fork of fishing, and a few of us have really, really gone down the fork of hunting. And so it hasn't like separated us as friends, but it's made it so like some of the guys, when you just get that into hunting you have to spend more time hunting and doing hunting-related things. And Absolutely. so when you get that into fishing, you have to do the same thing, right? Just to be successful, like really. Exactly. And so for years, we've said, we've talked about addicted hunting, right? We've been, well, why don't we do addicted hunting? People have asked us, why don't you have an addicted hunting? And so finally, I went to Sean and I said, dude, what do you think about starting addicted hunting? Like, I think it's freaking time to do it. And you said, dude, let's freaking do it. I'm stoked. And it was super popular right off the bat right off the bat we gained tons of traction right yeah and so we took sean i said sean pick pick a couple of your buddies that you want because we need people to be able to make this thing successful we need hunters we need guys that are educated and have been doing it for years it's not a one-man show it takes a lot of work a lot of work from everyone and so i brought cliff to the table because i had met cliff he actually worked in the same building as me my day-to-day office job i just met him underneath in the building just talking passing by talking fishing talking hunting and we started hunting together going on coyote trips and that's right that's right shot a deer with him one time and we just kind of started hanging out a bunch and became good friends and i could see his passion in hunting and the biggest thing i could see was how hard cliff worked and just fitness and just not just fitness in general but just the way he works in life and i knew that that was something that would help drive success to the addicted hunting side of things so i introduced you guys you guys have since become really good friends and that's kind of how addicted hunting has been born yeah when i when i first met cliff i was actually a little bit nervous because i don't like to share much of my hunting oh yeah you're still secrets yeah with anybody but Mm -hmm. uh 
the closer I got with Cliff, I realized he's a super good dude and I can trust him. And, and it, he's always smiling and positive about everything. And I knew that he'd be just like a great asset to this. So it's, it's been going good, you yeah. know? Uh, so with that being said, I think there's a lot of people out there that have asked me, and I'm sure you've gotten the same thing. Like, what is addicted hunting? What are you guys going to do with it? What is, what are your plans? What are you going to do? And to me, it's, and I think we all share the same thing. It's the same as fishing addicts. We want to educate, entertain, and inspire people to get into hunting, to Absolutely. live hunting, breathe yeah. hunting, and have hunting be an addiction, a part of their life, literally to where they wake up. I mean, that's what all of us do. I mean, that's what you guys do, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and having a format to, uh, you know, uh, bring up certain legal matters or, uh, you know, just share things yeah. with everyone, share exactly. stories, share pictures, be able to connect with like-minded people, right? Yeah. Like people that believe in the same things and have the same passions as all of us. When there's so many guys out there that are green, you know, like they don't, they don't know. So like this, this wasn't set up. And I mean, there's, yeah, there's a lot of pages, but I think we're, we're addicted is going to have kind of a, the upper hand is, is we're a younger group. We're the newer generation. You know, we've all been, we've all been raised, you know, like the, the for me anyway like the blue jean flannel like going out and hunting to where it's like now there's so many different brands of camo there's so much new technology out there so i think like with the struggles that we've like we've gone through and taking somebody that's new that's interested into hunting and i have so many people that that always ask me like dude can, can you take me archery hunting i've, I've never been hunting i want to go hunting like this year um one of our kids it's going to be his first year uh we actually we're actually adopting him here shortly uh on on uh, October 4th. So nice, it's going to be his like, dude, the, the, his first day, like we're fourth day with us. Like when I got that deer out, you're here. taking him rifle hunting this year. Yeah. He'll be rifle hunting. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super stoked. Like he's got, he was actually, he was with me on some, some adventures that we'll get into in later weeks. But, um, did you get him through his hunter safety and everything? Do you know what's crazy is he did, he did every, he took it upon himself. So it's like, he dude, the hooks in, like he's done. <laughs> Like yeah, he's, he's not going he's any. Addicted. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's addicted. Yeah, he's addicted. No pun intended yeah. out there. I but mean, regardless, kind of what Cliff's going with this and why he's rambling on, and you can tell and probably hear the passion in his voice is because that's what it is about, right? Yeah. Educating younger people, you know, getting people excited about hunting. Because the fact of the matter is, is whether people want to believe it out there or not, sportsmen are declining yeah. in the United States, in the world, and we need people to advocate for us and be excited about hunting. And so you know, we will do our best to, to get people to be excited about hunting and teach people about hunting and, and to give entertain them that people. spark. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Just, just get them excited about yeah. the outdoors. Like, exactly. you know, we were when we were kids. Exactly. So just know we're not going to be just another damn Facebook group. We're not going to be just another damn apparel company. There will be videos, education, these entertaining podcasts. You guys did a bunch of filming elk season this year that you guys will get to see a lot of. So we're going to be putting out some really cool stuff. So that is kind of what addicted hunting is in a in a nutshell. Not exactly everything, but at least you guys will get an idea kind of what it is out there. Yeah, if, if you can't take anything from addicted hunting, at least you can get a laugh out of us. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there'll be plenty of those. Yeah. <laughs> plenty of those, yeah. Oh, like that, the video you took of uh, you sitting on the hillside. Yeah. I was dying <laughs> laughing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's true. Like, it's one of those times, like, man. I mean, Can we get any worse at hunting? Dude, it's, it's true. Like you start asking over the years, you're like, yeah, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. You start learning all these things. But this year, man, like, dude, it was the struggle bus. Like from the get go, 
Um, and so I guess we're just going to, we might as well dive into yeah, it. Yeah, we might as well dive right you into it. You guys want to dive into it? Yeah. season, huh? Yeah. yeah. Fun, how's yeah. it been? So you guys are both archery hunters where I rifle hunt. I haven't switched over to the old bow and arrow yet. We're working on you. But yeah, I'm starting, I'll get there eventually. <laughs> we'll I definitely want to try it. And going out with Josh and Travis this year during elk season and stuff was just thrilling to me. So I think it definitely lit a spark under under me. So. It does fun. bring a, a little bit of an edge and new excitement to the whole hunting world. I'm I'm full on hooked. I I grew up a rifle hunter and and hunted muzzleloader a little bit, but archery has got me. Uh, I'll never put my bow. It's down. got my heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, so, I just can't. With that being said, you hunt early. You love to hunt early season, oh, and you love to hunt late season, right? Yeah. Yep. So talk about your season and how it went, and why you like early season, and then you tell us why you like late. Uh, so while at seed, that's the thing is I transitioned from transitioned from it. No, uh, is I, I used to be into, into the late season, um, because you do, you get, as Sean knows, like you get the bigger box, they come down from, they get pushed down from the snow and, uh, obviously they're dumb, they're chasing does and, and it's just constant action. And then, um, it was one year I was, I was just working up North and, and, I only had an opportunity to hunt the early season and uh dude i was in i was into deer like right off the get-go and usually you know it's hot everything's crunchy so like you have to change your tactics um so it's like i've never taken my boots off because once again i i was a rifle hunter not always an archery hunter so taking your boots off dropping your gear and like walking in your socks sneaking in on a deer dude like in rattlesnake country exciting, exciting. yeah oh exciting <laughs> so, yeah i mean there is yeah there was plenty of plenty of times where it's i i second guess the the moves that i made um but it's like the six hour stocks you know like if you're not patient wait till the late season because it it is we uh we'll bed the box up and then we let them sit there for roughly about an hour and then we start making our moves, circle the canyon, drop in on top of them. And usually, not this year, uh, other years prior, uh, we've been pretty successful with it. So, I mean, I shot that. Uh, so was, what happened this year? Why was this year bad? And everyone else out there ooh. listening to the to the hunting podcast, make sure you guys comment and let us know how your hunting season went. If you're an archery hunter, make sure you comment and let us know how your hunting season went. Cause we're definitely curious how everyone else is doing out there. Yeah. Cause I can promise they didn't do as bad as I did. Um, the, this season, I don't, I don't know what was different about the season. The, the agriculture was a little bit different. They changed, they, uh, they plowed fields and, and planted them that, that they hadn't done in years prior. A uh, bunch of smoke as Sean knows, there were some areas we got shut out of a lot of wildfires. Yeah. So I'm curious. Um, now the the area you got you're hunting you're hunting yeah. ab- above uh, lowland farm fields. Correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, generally, like we can we can go in there and and we've done this the last well this would have been year four, um, and I'll just go straight into this year how it went down, and we we got up there a couple days prior set up camp. I was like, you guys, we're not gonna go in there. I don't even want to mess with the deer. I know they're gonna be there. And uh, we, we hit some other spots, scouted them out. All we saw were, you know, like eight, ten does. Didn't think anything of it. There was a couple bucks that were up in the farmer's field up on the, there's a, like a higher prairie that's up there that they, they farm as well. And then we saw a few bucks up there. Opening morning, we go in. Now keep, keep in mind the guys that 
that I drag. When I say drag with me, I literally drag them up the hill. <laughs> so here I am. I'm like, dude, I'm going to get all this on video. It's going to be awesome. And so I strap my bow to my backpack. And I don't look at anybody else. Gone, gone, up the hill. So we're going, we're going. And then we jump like a doe. And I'm like, oh, cool, yeah. We're not even to where we need to be. We're already seeing deer. And then right after I saw her, I crested the hill. And at 60 yards, there's a four-point in velvet and a three-point in velvet looking right at me. And I turn to my right. There's nobody there. I turn a little bit more to my right. There's still nobody there. I look back. Dude, these guys are like 40 to 50 yards behind me. I'm like, what? come on. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm like, at first I'm being patient. I'm like waving them in as fast as I can. And they're like dropping their backpacks trying to get there. And uh, then they start creeping. Like, what are you guys doing? They're just... Just come up here. Like, at this point, I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, I, and I, I'm the one that spooked the deer. I'll take the blame on that. But Well, and you weren't expecting, no. you know, because normally you spot and stalk deer. You yeah. wait until they're in their beds, and yep. you, you, you know, get a vantage point, you yeah. know, with the wind and whatnot. Like a sniper, but, man. you know, when you're archery hunting, you know, I'm new to early season. I've only done a couple years, but you don't expect to walk over a ridge line and there be a buck standing the broadside. No, I mean, no, no, it's, it's all about, it's all about sneaking and, and like, like just every single step matters. That's why I was saying like six hours is a relatively normal stock for, for me. Like, I mean, you're going to chew up most of your day, so you better make sure that it's at least a decent buck that you're going to go after. Um, and so obviously they blow out, but I'm like, dude, we, you know, we're on the box already. I'm like, this is going to just be a killer year. So we get over to the camp. This it's a big bowl that we hunt, and uh, we get over there, and and there's this coyote down in the bottom, and it's yipping. And I'm like, okay, whatever. It can't be that big of a deal. We're sitting there, and we're glassing, and we're glassing. I'm looking in the areas where they normally are. Nothing, dude. Bust out the spotting scope. Maybe they they they're bedded down early, so I'm just picking everything apart. Nothing. Now it's like ten o'clock. I'm like, dude, I, I, I don't, I don't. This okay, one day. Not did, a big you, deal. did you have plan B, C, D, E? <laughs> oh, dude, no, no, I had my eggs all in one basket, man. <laughs> all in one basket. And uh, so we, you know, that's that's day one. I was like, I don't, I don't know, guys, like, we'll we'll hit it, we'll hit that other spot. Um, and I didn't see any bucks in it, but I was like, hey, it can't be any worse. But uh, what I didn't know is like, like I was telling you, Sean, is my my uh, buddy Tony, his uh, his heel was raw. So like by the time we got out, I mean, it was bad. He bought brand new boots, went out there, hiked up the hill. He's like, I didn't even feel it. I'm like, I got pictures I'll post up. You'll feel that. Like I felt it just, you could feel it when you look at the pictures. Um, so jumping into the next day, like he's like, I'm just, Oh, hold, hold up. Hold up. Uh -oh. I, I got, I got to add something in here. You know, <laughs> we're talking about blisters. Yeah. All right. So for you guys that are listening, if I can give you, any advice is merino wool socks 100 merino wool 100%. socks and make sure you wear your boots at least three months you know wear them for a good three months before hunt season and you will prevent from getting blisters anyways yeah. go on <laughs> no for sure for sure man um so we we obviously we went out next day he's like dude i'm gonna stay in camp he's like there's no way like i, I just i just can't go out hiking there's no reason for me to talk about the night hunt because it sucked just so you know <laughs> um so we, we went and messed around in some areas, again, just seeing does, more bucks up in the fields up above. And I mean, dude, we saw one four point that was bedded down that just, like the ones that are in your dreams, like just a giant velvet buck. 
And I'm like, we're still like two miles from even like state land. And I'm like, I think maybe, maybe if it was the rut, maybe he would go. He might chase some does that way, but so we leave that. We go uh, go back to go back to camp. I think at this point we had to go to the store, but um, to uh, to mend Tony's feet because they were they were that bad. And uh, we go out that night, go into another area, don't see anything. Next morning I'm like, all right, you guys, we're gonna get up super early. We're gonna head in like. There's going to be nothing there, like, as far as, like, the coyote. We're going to be good. I, I promise. Trudge up the hill. Get in there even earlier than we did the day before or that the, the day prior. Get in there. Glass, 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 glass. 10 o'clock rolls around. I'm like, dude. You dude gotta... just weren't there. They weren't. So, I'm and, and the only thing that I can think of is that they did. They, ch- they changed up the ag this year. Um, years prior, they didn't. They planted the the field that we were in, but they already, they're not in, but next to, but it was already cut. So I don't know if that played a role in it. And then the year after that, they didn't do anything in it. And then the year after that, they didn't do anything in it. So I'm just sitting here thinking now this year they planted it, but they didn't cut it and it's all wheat. Did now, did you guys have any fires, uh, in, in the Hills above? Where you guys were hunting? No, not not now across the river. Yeah, we were probably we were probably thirty probably thirty miles from a fire, yeah. but the smoke was still. I mean, scent control. Who cared? Like, I mean, everything smelled like smoke. Um, and I I don't know if that played a role. I mean, I, I would think if we were a little bit closer, which led me to my next great idea that we'll get into that. Uh, but again, like nothing. So I'm like, dude, we're going to have to go to a different unit. And we traveled like 60 miles up to a different area. I was, I was just looking at harvest reports from years prior. I was like, dude, this unit's good. This unit's great. Like, they got a great harvest percentage. I was like, well, we'll go kill a deer there. Great idea number two. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, the only thing that was shot at that day was a grouse, and it was missed. And, I mean, dude, it was now it's getting to the point to where it's like, we'd been up there for – well, since the, the Thursday before, and uh, now it's like Wednesday. I'm like, dude, I, I don't even know what to do. Like, I I was ready just to abandon everything and almost come back home and hit some spots locally. And then uh, last day, we just did a morning hunt. And, I mean, we did every day we were averaging probably seven and a half to eight miles. So, I mean, we were covering ground, but it was there was just nothing there. Everything was either up on top in the farmer's fields or I don't know. I, I have absolutely no clue. This is the first year that I've been up there to where I've been absolutely clueless. Well, in, in early season, you, I mean, in all, in a perfect world, you shouldn't be covering eight miles a day. You should be covering that with your eyes, you yeah. know, and you should be glassing. But when there's no deer, you got to do what you got to do yeah. and you got to, you know, go to the next drainage, you know, yeah. keep moving, stay mobile. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it was, it was really rough because like I said, it was, I'm not used to not seeing anything and i mean going like i said the first day going in seeing those two bucks i'm like oh my gosh this is going to be the best year yet i mean i'm next year the way i'm going to go at it is i'm throwing a dart at the dartboard like that's where i'm at with it i'm like and and mind you guys cliff has killed a hoser buck in this area so like he 
he had you know he he knows there's deer there yeah there's some good bucks there's some really good bucks yeah he scored uh, 150 and three eighths after 20 inches of deductions yeah that's a, that's a great buck for washington yeah <laughs> yeah yeah this yeah. is not a utah buck yeah, yeah. no utah they'd be like oh that was a small one we'll let it go yeah, yeah. well dude i try so this year i tried to because I was super excited to help Josh out because me and him buy a warehouser printed every year. And so this year we got excited and, and I put a lot of work in. I had like five trail cameras going at first. And then we actually narrowed it down to two because three of them just weren't doing what we wanted them to do. And two of them were getting hit like hard. And we were just putting a little salt out, a couple salt blocks at first. And Which is few, legal in our state, just in case. Exactly. Yeah. And then a few apples hereafter not not a ton you don't really need much like you literally can put out like 10 apples and they'll come in like snap of the finger yeah within a a couple days so hand feed them anyway so we have a one camera set that's doing really good a few different bucks coming in like every day and josh doesn't really care josh just wants to fill his tag every year he doesn't he's not out trying to kill a hoser or anything but he it's nice killing a buck right Yeah. yeah so we have a few nice bucks coming in there and we go in one day and my trail camera is jacked. So I'm like, mother effer. And we're more mad that someone found our spot. Not that our trail, I mean, yeah, this just sucked the trail camera got jacked, but more I was mad that crap, now someone's here. Should we move it? What should we do? Yeah, because they, they have your pictures. They have our pictures, yeah, right? They know it's coming. All in of there. our bucks and stuff. Yeah. Yep. And so I'm like, I'm like, screw it, dude. Let's just stay. So we got another, I bought another trail camera, and this time I bought a lockbox and a safety chain. And I, I mean, I made it to basically where they got to cut down the entire tree to get my trail cam off. That's how I do it. Yep. Yeah, and so that's how to. I put the second one up. And we have this, there's a three point with eye guards and a big fork and horn that literally come, I'm not even kidding, every single day they come in. Every day they're coming in. Like clockwork. Between like 6.50 a.m. and like 9 in the morning. Oh, yeah. But we didn't want to put our ground blind out, and we didn't have a tree stand up. I usually use ground blinds, like I've told Sean before. I use these pop-up ground blinds. But what I normally do, I set them up like three weeks to a month ahead, and I let them sit there. And so the deer get used to them. The deer know they're there. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't want to do that here because I didn't want them to get jacked. Stolen. Right? I didn't want it to get stolen. So I'm like, well, dude, maybe if we just set it back far enough, you know, we'll get it out of the way. The deer won't, they won't care, right? Well... They cared. Those bucks are smart. Those bucks freaking knew. We sat in that stand, in that ground blind that morning until 9.45. They never came in. We left that stand. I checked the camera the next day. Those little mother effers came in at 11.42. Oh, after you left? (laughs) After we left and ate all the apples. Oh, yeah. So they could smell us. They could smell us or they recognized the ground blind. They knew when they came in, Something something was different. Yep. And so they turned around and left. So just a little advice to people out there. Something I learned this year. I thought, oh, they ain't going to be able to tell. There's no way. Well, they could freaking tell. Oh, yeah. But at the, we couldn't risk it. So now what we did is we actually moved it and we put up a tree stand. And Josh doesn't have any more season, but I'm going to rifle hunt in there and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm keeping it going. Yeah, that's 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 something to definitely think about. And, you know, I before last year i was not a believer in the ground blind i i i'm like that is a waste of your time you're gonna get winded i'm i believe i play the wind that is that is my that's the only number one thing yeah that's how i kill i play the wind and i don't like being that vulnerable yeah i don't like being stuck in a ground level where the wind can switch yep but in certain areas you do get a consistent wind from you know the east or the west and you can 
if you set your ground blind up in the right spot, it can be super productive. And Marlon showed me that last year. He he's like, dude, you got to go sit in my ground blind because my girlfriend had a, a oh, yeah. rifle tag. And he's like, you got to go sit in that thing. And I'm like, I don't know, man. But I went and sat in there, and we sat there for ten minutes. And dude, I was a believer after she yeah, smoked hers. Yeah, Katie, I went in yeah, there. Yeah, Katie filled her tag. Yeah. I think a couple guys filled their tag. Cliff went in there too and filled <laughs> yeah, his archery yeah. tag. Yeah. yeah. So those things are awesome. And Nick, our guy who's running our podcast this year, he's going to help me get a, a set going in there this year. He's going to try to kill a deer. Awesome. There you go. Yes. Yeah. And they're so. comfortable, and you can stay out of the weather. Mm-hmm. I mean. If you if you can you know find I a will good... say the key is though I have learned now from multiple experiences you gotta set that thing up in there and let them get comfortable with yeah it. absolutely yeah. let the let the sound the noise because it's a different noise with the wind or rain hitting it yep all the different things like those deer need to be used to it because they definitely like the first couple they don't come in like they'll they'll be bounced out for a little bit until they realize it's safe again yeah, yeah. one thing that helps though too with that is like brushing them in like getting branches and because they have the little pockets and everything that you can put into them yep. So that'll help with like some of the noise on top mm-hmm. with raindrops and stuff like that. But you, yeah, you're completely right. Getting them in there early so they get used to it, it's key. That's exactly what me and Josh should have done was brushed ours in. Yeah. Like we should have just spent a little extra time and freaking brushed it in. Because then it's got extra scent going on in the area too. Like all those fir branches and stuff, you're breaking it. Then you mm-hmm. get the pitch. Like a lot more smell than just human scent too. Yeah. And oh, I, well. I'm not huge on, on stand hunting. I... I played with it a little bit throughout the years, but mm. and I don't remember where I heard this from. It, it could have been another podcast. It could have been a buddy. I can't remember, but I heard if you take an old t-shirt and you Dude, put I it in the there. the same thing, like recently. Yes, put, put it on your stand or next to your stand and let that thing soak so the deer get used to that, your yeah. scent. And then that's one less thing. It's kind of like you're using your own scent as a cover scent because the deer get used to it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I've heard that somewhere. Dude, I mean, it makes sense, but who the heck? I mean, how would you know, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, that's the same. I mean, it's the same concept, like I was just saying with the ground blind, letting them get used to it. So, I mean, that's. Yeah, I mean, because you cannot get all your scent off that ground blind. No. Like, the no. Blacktail Hunter app guy, have you ever watched his video on scents? Uh-uh. You should watch him. It's hilarious. I'll check it out. The Blacktail Hunter app guy, everyone out there listening. He has an app where he just does like video content about hunting blacktail deer, and he does a video about cover scent where he basically makes fun of like every single like scent away, all the different oh, brands yeah. out there, and basically says that they're a joke and that science proves that they're a joke. And he tells talks about why and how you can't literally it's impossible to spray something on yourself and cover your scent because your human scent doesn't actually sit on you; it sits off your body. Yeah, like. It doesn't sit like your scent isn't coming off you. Yeah. Like you have like a scent, just like a human or a. It dude, radiates every exactly, time you which breathe. is why you're like attracted to a female. Like it's the it's their like. It sounds freaking weird to think about it, but that's literally what it is. We're mammals. That's for yeah. you. I mean, yeah. you know, unless you swing the other way. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right, well, no, 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 no. There, there. No, that was college. No, I didn't go to college. All right, Sean. Let's talk a little bit about late season. What? So you don't do any early season, or you go out for fun just to get in the woods, or? So, I've I've played with early season for the last couple years. You know, like when me and Lonnie lived in Wyoming, it was great because that doesn't count. Yeah, that we're I mean. talking Washington State. <laughs> okay, Washington deer. State. Um, yeah, last year was my really first year hunting early season, and it was actually I was I surprised myself. 
uh, I, I picked an area and my, my folks actually moved to this area. So I'm like, great. I can go up and visit my folks and maybe find some new hunting grounds. Where's this area? Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that I is cool say. though. I never thought about that. Cause you can go visit your parents and it's just a good excuse. To yeah. Go yeah. And I go up there and I was blown away by the amount of bucks I seen. I seen like 22 different bucks and like the first day. You have trail day. cameras and stuff over there, don't you? Yeah, I got one. I just, I need to go get that thing, by the way. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was awesome. We got uh, we stocked two really nice shooter bucks. Almost killed one of them. This last this weekend? No, this I mean, was this was last year. Oh, so what about this year? Last year. Um. I'm, I'm leading oh, up yeah, to that. Yeah, okay. So I, I, I found this, I thought I found this like great spot. Like, yeah. Cause all it was good bucks. last year. Yeah. I get it. Um, that's what they and, all say. My bad, my yeah. bad. Yeah. And, and last year there was fires over there. Like the sky was filled with smoke. Like everything that you think would like ruin your hunt. It, it didn't matter. The bucks were there. Yeah. And, uh, this year, the same thing, there was fires all around there, but I'm like, well, it's the same conditions as last year, but cooler. So I'm like, great. Like it was a hundred degrees last year opening weekend. Yeah. We had great weather this year. Yeah. Though. It was 70, like, yeah. you know, for Labor Day weekend. Maybe that was the problem. Uh, maybe, <laughs> but you think, you know, we're growing up blacktail hunters, like cooler, the better rain, you know? Yeah. Uh, we go in there, uh, me, Jesse, Jacob and Bobby went up there and we Bobby, yeah, Bobby what? came with us. I, yeah, I thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bobby, Bobby came up and just kidding, Bobby. I miss <laughs> you and love you if you listen to this. Uh, I talked to my folks and they're like, "Yeah, our friends have been seeing bucks running around everywhere." Like, and I'm like getting stoked. This is the night before opening day. I'm like, "Great, you know they're gonna be up on the same basin that I I normally hunt," and. We get up there and same thing that Cliff ran into is crickets. Mm-hmm. Crickets and crickets and crickets. Uh, we I think we seen more bears than we seen deer. So you didn't get into any deer? Or did you get into any bucks? We seen six or seven does the entire weekend. Uh, I think we seen six bears and we had the same issue. We went. You know, because this is all high country above agricultural farming land and went down low and the fields were just filled with bucks. And I don't know. I cannot. Honestly, I cannot tell you why. Like, I don't know why. Is it maybe it has something to do with maybe it is the weather. Maybe the weather was conducive for like good growing or something. I mean, it was super like we had like leading up to that week. Like it was it was over 100 degrees up where I was, and then it dropped to the 70s. Mm. So I was like, that's why I'm like, dude, these deer are going to be moving around. Okay, they're probably not going to bed down until later. just talk to the farmers over there? Yeah, I should. You go, you go where I go, like, don't get out. The, like, they'll basically come out and tell you, don't even get out of your rig. Like, okay. where where I've gone, and like, you talk to some of the locals, they'll, they'll flat out tell you, don't waste your time. That can't be everyone, but... Well, no, no, but they... Well, there's... The guy there, there's one guy that owns a huge majority of it up there, and uh, he's a bird hunter, so he doesn't allow deer hunters on his property. And I mean, he owns gotcha. a grip of land that's up there. So why why doesn't he allow deer hunters? Because he's a bird hunter. I I don't know. I, I talked or to. Or does him. he deer hunt? No. Hmm. I mean, I 
I guess I, I... If I own property, I ain't letting you own it either. But I would have a sign or something. I would have a reasoning why. I mean, I would... Yeah. yeah. That's that's tough. I, I've never been big on asking permission to hunt private land just because I get, like... Shot down? No, I get, like, a ton of, like, gratification out of killing bucks on public Yeah, dude, land. on public land? Absolutely, yeah. When you got... You're facing the same thing everybody else is. Not me. <laughs> Who the F cares it's still a deer it's still an animal it's still incredibly hard to kill doesn't matter if it's on private or public yeah that's you know a lot of the public lands you're hunting are bordering private lands dude this is gonna go in a very true yeah i know know. shooting so you're (laughs) gonna let's let's pause this shooting private it's gonna it's gonna lead in yeah we're gonna have to do another one how many places over east do you hunt that are bordering indian places which is all private that's basically all private land. I plead the fifth. That's that's true, but it's I I feel like it's different when it comes to like farmland and yeah, I guess land. farmland. Yeah, because those little like ag- those fields are kind of like that, that's where they feed. So you're kind of you know I'm doing the farmer a favor. Those deer <laughs> are vulnerable at that point, you know, because that's where they go for feed every single day. Yeah. But, you know, if you can catch those deer in transition, I, I don't know. It's just a game. I, bro, I get where you're saying, bro, but. <laughs> you realize what you just said. You said those deer are vulnerable because they go there for feed every day. But then you go into the woods and you drop bales of alfalfa and you wait for the deer to go to the feed every day. That's just called making them the vulnerable. Odds. Only, yeah, that's true. That's a, good point. that's a good point. So to me, it's like, I don't care if they're in a field or whatever. You still, if that deer's in that field, it's not like you're just going to get out and go shoot that deer. No. Yeah. You're still yes. going to have to like get out, stalk it up. And it's probably going to be freaking harder because there's 15 other bucks around him. Yeah. That's numbers and eyes are, are, that's, that's the tough part. And that's another thing. Like I didn't, I didn't say either is usually I try to find one buck like in, in the early season. Because your odds of killing that one deer versus, like, you see even, like, a bachelor group of bucks. Dude, there's, if there's another set of eyes, another nose, another set of ears, like, dude, that just, that that weighs the odds. And, dude, when one goes, like, they don't even look. Like, they just run. At least where I am. They don't stop. Like, as soon as one deer gets up, they're gone. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. 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 But, uh, what's, uh, why, why, Sean, let's go back to you, like, with. With yeah, sorry, season. Sean. We got off on a tangent. <laughs> then I wanted to argue with you. <laughs> so let's talk about late. You season, had a good though. point. You let's talk about point. late season though, because that that intrigues the hell out of me because of the pictures of the bucks that you guys get. So, I really enjoy late season because I love hunting in cold weather. I hate that. That's that's one of the re- main reasons because I hate hunting in hot weather. Agreed. I don't like it. Um, but. You know, you got bucks that are catching the tail end of that rut or post rut, you know, they're, they're still chasing does a little bit. And if they're not chasing does they they seem to be grouped up with the does. Um, and if we get a good, you know, snow yeah, or sure. a good push of weather, the bucks come out of the high country and big bucks, big bucks yeah. and for Washington, I want, for, yeah, I've got to keep wa- saying that, yeah, like, but I'm dude, we, no, we get some big bucks here in Washington that people don't know about. Yeah, we've got some 180 class bucks, you know, and and we're talking about Cascade bucks right now. Yeah. So these these bucks are mixed between mule deer and blacktail. 
Bench legs. People call them bench legs, cascade, blacktail, whatever you want to call them. But we do get some giant bucks, and at least a couple are killed every year. And uh, especially if we get, like I said, get that big snow, pushes all those bucks down off the high country. And we can either ambush them via spot and stock or we you know we set up stands with and you, you got know, a giant one or jacob got a giant one last year yeah so jacob killed stud 150 class buck oh, did he really yeah Four just point. yeah wow just a stud. So and if anybody follows on addicted honey i'm sure they've seen it and i'm sure i'll keep posting it because i'm in love with that deer yeah like, that it's freaking so I don't, I don't think i've seen it he oh, got that thing mounted right yeah it, i think it's getting like it's in the process yeah, right now yeah. So everyone out there listening, do you what do you guys before Sean kind of digs more into the late season? Comment, let us know what you like better if you're an archery hunter. Do you like early season? Do you like late season? I like rifle season so I can hunt them during the rut, which is why late season archery intrigues me. Yep. Yeah. And so you can kind of there's some similarities with uh those style of huntings, but you know, you, you got stick and string in your hand for late yeah. season archery, but the deer act a lot the same. Um and if you're lucky, it seems like it's on like a three-year pattern with this state. But every three years, we'll just get like a banner late season where like the snow comes they in. They said the, it's supposed to be a gnarly winter. This yeah, year. the Thank bucks you. are still rutting. Like yeah. you're catching the tail end of that rut, and that's when big bucks die here. Yeah. Um, and Good I think I got a multi-season deer tag. Exactly. <laughs> that's another great thing about this state is we can you know put in for that multi-season deer tag. And I draw it, I think, every year. Yeah. I mean, I drew it this year. I found something out this year that I didn't know, and I'm kind of sad that you've never told me this, that you can go buy the leftover multi-season elk tags that don't get drawn. You didn't know that? No. And this dude's like, I'm literally running to this guy at the gas station, and it's he's from, like, and get this, he's from Montana. And he knows about it. Yeah, I'm like, what are you doing here? (laughs) He's like, oh, yeah, I'm just driving into town because it's the weekend you buy the multi-season elk tag over here. So hold on, I'm hold like, on, hold what? On. He's like, yeah, I drive over here from Montana. I hunt with my brother every year over here. He comes from Montana to hunt Washington. Yeah, he hunts in Montana too, but he, <laughs> yeah. so he comes over here and he buys the multi-season and I'm like, what do you mean you're buying it? He's like, oh yeah, they have leftovers every year. I'm like, how do they have leftovers when I put in to draw and don't get drawn? <laughs> how does that make any sense? So yeah, but you literally have to be in line yeah. like, waiting the minute they go on sale Spe- yeah, and be the especially. first there's usually like some years are different but there's usually like five in the whole state and you've got all these people sitting at the sportsman's warehouse or their yeah. fred meyer <laughs> waiting to do this and whatever transaction goes through first is who gets the leftover elk tag you better believe next year i'm getting that tag <laughs> We'll just go to five different stores. Travis and Bishop, take them all up. I'm gonna need you to wake up early and let me into Sportsman's Warehouse early that day. <laughs> submit submit the paperwork. <laughs> yes. At midnight. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I thought about doing it. Um, I put in for it every year also. I haven't drawn it yet, but another cool thing about that, not to I didn't want to dig too deep into elk hunting, but the cool thing about the multi season elk tag here is uh, when we buy elk tags as a resident over the counter, you have to choose west side or east side yeah. mm-hmm. when it comes to applying for permits and for, you know, if you want to hunt elk on which side of the state. Well, when you draw the multi-season, you can hunt elk throughout the entire state yeah. and you can put in for special permits throughout the entire state. Yeah. So it kind of, 
That's opens cool. up some options, especially for guys that are getting up there in points. Oh, I got some points. Which I think we're all option. we're yeah. all getting up there. So yeah. you guys, hopefully, we're gonna have some quality elk yeah. tags to be uh you know elk hunts to be sharing with you. I'm guys not an soon. elk hunter. I just got points. That's all I got. Well, <laughs> good thing you're friends with some elk. I hunters. know. I know. I know some guys. <laughs> all right, let's get back to your late season. Continue talking about it. So yeah, talking about you know, I just like the late season because you get those deer in the post rut. Like I was saying, it is hit and miss. Um, we do hunt them in stands. I don't know. I'm I'm starting to lean more towards cliff side, though. Like, I do like hunting late season, but when you do catch or find a good spot for early season, spot and stock hunting is pretty fun. Yeah. No, I, I, I love it. Like like I said, dude, getting, in, getting into your socks. There's one thing that sucks about late season. Uh, we had one year. It's cold. Well, I mean, and I, and I don't mind the cold, like, but there was, there was one year we had, you know, we had all this snow and then all of a sudden, like we had, so we get a lot of freezing rain. I mean, a lot of people, you know, you, you think late season, you think snow, but we try get, stalking a deer in freezing rain. You don't No. You just go home. Yep. It's a waste of time. Not really. I'll still go out and give her hell because the thing is I'm, I'm out there anyway. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, that's what kind of turned me more towards, Towards the early season versus the late season, but uh, I, I like extending my seasons. Uh, my wife doesn't, but she'll get over it. That's why I can't pull the uh, multi-season tag because I don't want to get a divorce. Because uh, I would, dude, I'd be gone all the time. Like I, I love deer hunting. I mean, Katie's so, coming with me to late camp this year. Is she, she took time off, so it's like awesome, a little man. little bit of chunk of time we get to just hang out and there camp. You go. You're gonna drag, dude, drag her into a stand. So next year, she gonna be your cameraman. Next year, well, I'm putting in for for multi season next year, and then Lindsay, Bobby's wife, was mm-hmm. talking to her about if, if she doesn't draw multi season, just get an archery tag, and they're gonna we're gonna set up a ground blind, and they're gonna go hang out in the ground blind. There you go. And Katie's becoming an insane shot; like she's impressive. So I know I know she can shoot a deer out to forty. So that's awesome. Yeah, like I I always thought that. I didn't want my girlfriend to archery yeah. hunt with me, but like for deer, at least like, I think it would be great. And we just get to spend more time together. So it's my time. Is that cheesy? <laughs> no, no. That, yeah. No, I get early gonna, season. I tried to get Sharon into it and she just, she's just not into it. She likes to go with me. She loves to like go and be in the woods when we're like driving in the woods. Yeah. That's not hunting. No. And so when I try to get her out and like take, like I, she got the, you know, Washington has that thing where you can defer your hunter safety one year to see if you like hunting, right? So yeah. you go out with someone who's experienced. Well, I took her out, and after about three hikes, she, Done. Was, she was over it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, she, you I, let's clear things up. Marlon goes ham. He goes hard. <laughs> yeah. like, when he's hiking, he does go hard. So, I mean, I understand. I've, I've, I've seen that. You, Sharon. In shed hunting season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she, I don't know. But she loves the, she loves the woods and stuff, but I just... I'm kind of happy that she's, you know, she likes to be out there with me every once in a while, but I definitely don't want her to be like, yeah, let's go hunting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I'm you got to have your time, too. Yeah. I'm just not. But everyone, you know, everyone's different. Everyone's yeah, absolutely. Different. Everyone's different. Well, with all that being said, dude, I think we better wrap this podcast up. I think people have had some good, we talked about some good subjects. Yeah, tonight. we've talked about some good stuff. I hope that uh, you guys can at least take something from this podcast. Uh, this is number one, so number one. We oh, got a, we got a lot more, more yeah. stuff to share. We're we planning on releasing one of these every single week, everyone. So if you guys can please hit that subscribe button, this will be available on Google Play and iTunes. Addicted Hunting Podcast. 
Also, actually, it'll be available on Spotify too. I forgot. So you can stream it on all three places. So make sure you guys hit subscribe. Look out for episode number two. We'll make sure we got Jesse in here, right, Sean? Yep. We're gonna we're gonna get Jesse and Jacob in here, I think, next week, hopefully. So talk about some elk hunting. Yeah, we got some good stuff, some good stories to tell. So sounds good. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you.